Welcome back to the Power Six Podcast. Isaiah is your host. All right, welcome back to the second edition of the Power Six Podcast, everyone. We have a lot to go over this week, especially after a tough loss in Dublin. Uh, this week's Power Six Podcast will include five of us. It'll be Max, Devin, Connor, Headley, and myself, Isaiah. We'll be diving deep into week zero results and we'll be looking into week one matchups we'll go ahead and get things started and pass off the pass it off to max with this week's agenda all right so i think uh first we'll be covering some week zero reactions and we uh should probably just start with the elephant in the room which is a northwestern win over nebraska in dublin the final score was 31 to 28 for the Wildcats, their offense is really able to do about anything they wanted to do. 528 total yards. Ryan Holinsky went 27 of 38, had 314 yards, two TDs, zero interceptions. Northwestern was really kind of able to tear the Husker defense apart. You know, Casey Thompson looked good. The, the new offense under Mark Whipple looked good at times. But, uh, man, I mean, that, it was the same old thing for the Huskers, wasn't it? Yeah, that was very disappointing. You know, we were really high on the defense last week. And to see them come out and play like that, it, it was just really embarrassing. Like you said, they could do basically anything they want. You know, their their running back had to hold the size of the Red Sea to run through every single time he touched the ball. Our zone defense, awful. That one touchdown, the guy had no one within 10 to 15 yards of him. And he just ran pretty easily into the end zone. Yeah, I think specifically on that play, I can't remember which player that was, but that was only his, he, a new uh, safety for Nebraska. I think that was his second snap of the game and his last snap of the game. I just think maybe some young, inexperienced guys, some talent, but inexperienced guys in the secondary, I think cost Nebraska a couple of times. Yeah. And I'm hoping to see, you know, with them going into play FCS school, in North Dakota, I'm hoping we'll be able to see the secondary produce a little bit better for us on the defensive end. My biggest disappointment was that we saw typically Nebraska is a big run heavy offense. You know, they're averaging over five yards of carry and that's what's kind of kept us in all these football games when they were only averaging three and a half yards of carry compared to northwestern's 4.6 it it's a game changer and mm -hmm. our defense just looked flat-footed the whole day their secondary better play better against an fcs school one thing i wanted to say about our defense is that henrich could not make a tackle there was a lot of you know we just wouldn't wrap up we we're just trying to body people around and obviously it wasn't working the running back was bouncing right off those tackles and you know it's the same story every year we can't wrap up and you know get those tackles in yeah i thought that wouldn't i thought that aspect of the husker defense was really disappointing i think that's one thing that we haven't seen under shenander's defense yet in the five years I, they it, they've always been sure tackling like i said the early years you know, he was kind of rebuilding the defense, but, you know, I'd go back to Mike Riley's defenses under under Mark Banker and Bob Diaco. Man, those were some bad tackling defenses. And this is the first time that I really saw that come out again under Shenander, which was really disappointing, especially Henrich. Man, you know, uh, yeah, disappointing. They couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. Ryan Holinsky, I think, you know, we can blame the secondary all we want, but when you're not getting pressure on the quarterback and he's all day, I mean, you know, the secondary can't cover those guys for hours back there. Uh, like Brad had in his notes, zero sacks on the day. I think they touched Ryan Holinsky maybe once or twice. I mean, that's just, you know, that's tough. And we expected bigger things from the, the pass rush with Mathis and Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, but they were just, they, they weren't doing much. Ryan Holinsky was cool as a cucumber, as confident as can be, and just kept on racking up yards. Um, pretty much no aspect of 
any side of the ball looked good except for the penalties uh i think we had one penalty right but other than that nothing nothing really to be excited about i don't know we'll see what happens next week against an fcs school i was gonna say you know last week i talked about i was just gonna be surprised to see how the defense did without jojo doman's presence and i think we really missed him a lot you know those i did hear that Henrich was playing with a hand injury. Um, and it sounds like he might not be playing this coming week in the North Dakota game. Hopefully, you know, that's just a rumor and he, he can make it back and play. Uh, I think he will later down the season play a big role. But I just, I hope the defense this week really focuses on wrapping up tackles. I mean, the worst part about this all is Nebraska is kind of the laughing stock of the sports world right now, which is tough. And though, best part is that it, it can get worse. Um, I think we've learned from Scott Frost's uh, era is that it can always get worse. In fact, with North Dakota, they've, uh, I think they've beaten one FBS school of all time. I can't imagine what would happen if uh, it became two this Saturday. You know, it's crazy too. I mean, it, there was just a lot of, I don't know, you know, you had certain things from last year where it didn't feel like the same old thing, like special teams, you didn't notice them which was a good thing. They played good. Bushini punted good. Our punt and kick coverage was great. Um, Except for the onside kick. No. And, and see, that's the, that's the thing. Our, the special teams executed fine, but it's the call of the onside kick that was just terrible. Did you guys I mean, hear that Frost made that call? Yeah, that's a lot of people are saying too. You know, Mark Whipple took over play calling this year. So Scott Frost isn't involved in play calling. So what does he have to do to put his... Calling a play. Yeah, exactly. What does he have to do to put his handprint, his fingerprints on this game? He has to go out there and try to make some call. Let's do an onside. That that's like that's hit. That is his one play call of this game, and it's the one thing everyone's talking Jeez, about that was terrible. Yeah. ESPN had Nebraska at an eighty-eight percent chance of winning the game until they until right after the onside kick. What did the chance to win? fall to right after the it just kick. went like straight down that's kind let's, of funny let me see i could probably pull that up <laughs> yeah you can pull it up but after they scored that first touchdown it went down a lot and then i think what they throw an interception in the next drive i think um so. yeah they did throw an interception and then it basically Dude. went down into northwestern's favor favor just soon after that i know i wanted to say that our offense we only had one swing pass this week and it went for 10 or 12 yards which was great because normally you see those going for negative yards so i was happy to see that change on the offensive side of the ball it was the very first play of the game though so when i saw that i was i was a little discouraged <laughs> i thought yeah. the same thing yeah hey we we got to talk about logan smothers right it's got yes be- logan smothers <laughs> was in the game guys he got one play, but it was a first down, so we'll take it. 20 yards. 20 yeah. yards netted, though. I, I thought he was actually – about go ahead, Devin. Where Ramirez Johnson was at this week. That's like a good Logan point. Logan Smothers is getting playing time, but I don't think we saw Ramirez Johnson anywhere. And, you know, I, I was scrolling through Twitter the other day, and I had I saw that someone had reported multiple sources. I can't remember who it was. But they said that multiple Huskers were limited on their playing time because of a little scuffle that they got involved with at a casino in Ireland. I heard those rumors so, as well. I did not hear those rumors. Where are those from? Uh, like I said, I can't I can't remember the specific name, but Ramir Johnson was our, one of our starting backs all last season, and I think he maybe returned kicks. I didn't see him you know, really at all on offense. I, I only saw Ramir on, on special teams. ESP or College Game Day was talking about Ramir Johnson in every pre- preview they did of the game. And before the game, they were talking about Ramir Johnson. 
and then we wouldn't even know he was on our team once the game started. Did you guys notice who else didn't play that game? Omar yeah. Manning. Omar Manning, before the game, was seen not in pads. I don't know why, but I think there was just a small injury. Well, what I heard in other podcasts is that they really didn't get to see much of him in fall camp. I think it was due to, you know, probably injury issues and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, though. You know, I don't know that if Omar Manning or Ramir Johnson are in the game, I don't know that the result is different. I think there were just other issues. I mean, we gave up 528 total yards to Northwestern. That's ridiculous. They were one of, if not the worst offense in the Big Ten last year. Now, granted, I mean, they had a really good returning offensive line, and that showed. Also, I, I felt as though Nebraska in the game was getting gassed early on. I, I felt we were getting pushed around by Northwestern in the line. You know, that's worrisome. Yeah, it certainly seems like the game was lost a month or two ago certainly was not lost this Saturday. It was bad preparation. Yeah. We want to touch on the Nebraska offense real quick before we go into that. I want to touch on one stat. I did see that they were talking about with Northwestern before they got started in the last four years in 2018 and 2020 Northwestern won the big 10, their division, their side. They're an yeah. easy year team. Uh, and then in 2019 and 2021, they were last in our division. So just going off the last four years, maybe we need to give Northwestern a little bit more credit. They looked solid. Even your Northwestern all, all is around. dangerous. Yeah, all around. They look solid. They, we couldn't really get anything going on offense. Defensively, they were just barreling right through us. They played a really sound game. There's people saying you've taken traveling, traveling to Dublin into aspect, but both teams did that. I'm pretty sure they got there on the same time, so that's not really an excuse. No, yeah. not at all. I was have to Another, see how Northwestern plays for the rest, the rest of the season. season yeah. Another interesting stat is that after 11 and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Northwestern did not throw a pass after that mark. 11 and a half minutes to go. They ran the ball the rest of the game. That's really telling. I mean, we, it's demoralizing. We cannot stop the run. And that's just Pat Fitzgerald's a great coach. In the, the Big Ten West is the most simple division left in all of football. You do not have to be flashy to win in the Big Ten West. All you have to do is not be the team that makes the most stupid, dumb mistakes. We lost the turnover battle. We lost the time of possession battle. They had more rush yards. That's how you lose in the Big Ten West. It is not a crazy division. Northwestern, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, these are the least flashy teams in all of football. All you have to do is be able to grind out a game. And Pat Fitzgerald just ran the ball after 11 and a half minutes ago and waited for Nebraska to lose the game. He didn't try to go out there and win, win the game. He knew Nebraska would somehow do everything in their power to to lose again. I agree. Uh, I want to touch on how our offense did. Um, I think, you know, first our first drive was amazing. I know we were over at Max's apartment watching the game, and we got that first touchdown. I mean, the receiver, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, that catch, mossing him on the very first drive, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to blow Northwestern out of the water. But the, the offensive line, we could block for passing. Casey Thompson was making great reads, getting the ball out quick. But when it came to running the ball, that was the worst I've seen us run the ball in five years. Aside from the one Anthony Grant touchdown run of, of 46 yards, I think it was, which, by the way, was that's that's the only touchdown run that we've had of more than 12 yards since 2019. Crazy stuff. But yeah, besides wow. that, yeah, by really, back, really bad. By running back? Because I'm pretty sure Martinez had some. By running runs. back. Yeah, by a yeah. running back. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. I remember Roy Helu, Mir Abdullah taking him to the house from 58, 40, like every game. That's yeah. a crazy stat. Should we get into what this means for Scott Frost? Yeah. What is this, guys? What does this mean for Scott Frost? What does he need to save his job? I mean, because, boy, this loss, I feel like flipped a switch in the fan base. I feel like people were already getting borderline. 
but this, you know. Personally, I I think I think the fans should kind of kind of take a chill pill and relax. It was the very first game. We don't know how the season's going to turn out. Like like we were talking about earlier, Northwestern could could very well we very well be a contender on their side of the division for the Big Ten. It was a neutral territory. Nebraska travels very well, but at the same time, I think we just got to wait and see how he does at the next few home games. It's a very home dominant schedule this year for Frost, so I'm not going to make my my predictions or start shouting for his job until a little bit later on because he should have that to his advantage to play, be playing at home most of the season. I'm going to say that after that loss, we need to win these next three games to kind of get give us some momentum going into Big Ten play. You know, beating Oklahoma, I think, will change – the narrative for Nebraska. You know, the people are going to say, oh, Nebraska lost to Northwestern first game, and then they have two easy games. But if we can come out, play with a lot of energy against Oklahoma, you know, fix our problems in the defense and win that game, I think that'll really help Scott Frost, his campaign, and staying at Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the 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 leash was already as short as it gets for Scott Frost, and now there pretty much is no leash. Trev Alberts is, you know, has him by the neck, really. But I think you got to go out and you got to look impressive against North Dakota. Got to look impressive against Georgia Southern. And, uh, man, you got to find a way to beat Oklahoma. I mean, Scott Frost does not have a single, in his time in Nebraska, he does not have a single win against a team with a winning record besides 2018 when we beat Michigan State 9-6. to And that Michigan State team went on to be 7-6. and That's Scott Frost's only win against a team that ended up with a winning record. Aside from that, I think all the other teams that Scott Frost beat, they're their combined records like 17 and 40 something, you know, like he, he, there's nothing impressive that he has done as head coach in Nebraska. I think beating Oklahoma would go a long way. And I, I think, I don't know, every game at this point, the, the, the expectations need, they just build because he, he has to go out there and has to have a result of some kind. He's just trying to lose. Nice. That is actually a remarkable stat. I did only team we beat with a winning record was seven and six. It was Michigan state in 2018. That was Mark. Michigan state. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was that snow game. We were down, we, we ended up scoring three field goals in the fourth quarter to win the game nine to six that was a very cold game i was at that one that is just remarkable yeah scott frost i don't know maybe it's better for everyone if he was done but i'm not gonna you know count him out until he is done he is still our coach but you guys remember the pictures of barack obama before office and after office it's it's very similar i see scott frost and he's at ucf and scott frost now he looks like he's aged considerably in the last four years so I don't know. This is obviously taking a toll on him. He cares a lot, and it's unfortunate, but still our coach for the time being. What What do you guys think about Nebraska getting to a bowl game now? I mean, no, I really don't think so, but I would love to be proven wrong. I mean, you got the, the thing is, like, people were kind of lumping Northwestern in that win category of like how do we get to a bowl game well you got to go out there and you got to be got to be northwestern you got to beat illinois indiana rutgers i just i'm not entirely sure where six wins comes from at this point yeah we aren't going to know until after oklahoma at least i mean if you, we, we win the next three games we're three and one after oklahoma that's kind of what people were expecting different three and one than people were expecting but you know three and one i don't know i think oklahoma after that I, everyone's mind will be made up on the situation i know that last week we talked about having nebraska have a stupid loss i didn't expect this to be our stupid loss honestly but i hope that you know this does come down to be our stupid loss of the season but knowing seeing how our team played this week i could see us losing more games that i thought we were going to win like i said if, you, if they saw it you know, somehow go out there and win the uh, Oklahoma game. I mean, you know, everything's completely redeemed at that point. That's an extremely impressive win. I don't know to start the season two and two with Winston, North Dakota, Georgia Southern losses to, to Northwestern Oklahoma. That that's just, I mean, that's terrible for year five. 
Do you think there's a chance, say we're, we get down to, you know, Minnesota and we're two and whatever, I think there's a chance he gets fired midseason. I personally don't just because I don't really know that that does any good for the program. Is it harder it, on the players? Yeah, it's harder on the players. And I mean, you know, if Scott Frost is inevitably going to be fired, Trev Alberts is already going to, whether Scott Frost is fired yet or not, he's already going to be in contact with other potential coaches, you know? I think the only thing that it would do is send a message of like, hey, this is not an acceptable standard in Nebraska. But at that point, it's like, you're just playing games. Like, we don't need, we don't need, who cares? You know, I could, and I'm going to go on the other side of the spectrum. I could totally see them getting rid of him after October because then his uh, buyout cheapens, I think, just $7 So that... That increases their chances of getting rid of a midseason and looking looking ahead at the candidates that are going to be available this off season, next offseason. Well, do we want to move forward to our week one preview then? Yeah, yeah. Unless, I mean, is there anything else we wanted to cover week zero? I mean, uh, Vanderbilt sure looked impressive. I think Hawaii is going to be really bad this year. but uh, Yeah, we we all really missed, well, I guess not all of us, but at least three of us really missed, the, uh, missed that one there. Pretty bad. I did not. I did not expect um, 63 to 10, but wow. I had two parlays this last weekend, both of three games, and I uh, reverse parlayed both of them. I lost all six legs. Um, so that is <laughs> that is pretty That's remarkable. That's just a classic Jacob Headley bet slip right classic there. Classic betting move for me. <laughs> if you ever I mean, want to win a bet, um, bet opposite of Jacob. Well, I That's mean, probably true. Well, I mean, all... I, I'm on a real cold streak right now. I haven't been betting a lot, but the last bet I won was Juan Soto to win the home run derby not <laughs> in july and that, that was kind of I, a questionable you know scenario my I also had a bad, bad beat of a weekend uh i think i missed seven of eight on my parlays but i did bounce back and put five bucks on rory mcelroy to win the tour championship and that hit so uh overall we were up on the weekend oh i do want to say i one positive from the nebraska husker game is that at my office at work we have this thing going on where you pull a card and if that number if the total score of the game ends up with the number of the card you pulled, you win. So I pulled the number nine, and I was lucky this week that, you know, the game total was 59 points. So I won $10. So that's one of my pluses from the Nebraska loss. $10 victory for Isaiah. Maybe you didn't even man. find out for two days or a day later. <laughs> no, I didn't find out for like two days later. So for, hey, for week one preview, do you just want to go right to the Nebraska game? Because I got a pretty cool uh, narrative here for – what Nebraska's got in store. That's what I love about football is you can always find something to cheer for. I'm going to the Nebraska game this week. Excited for that. And I got me. I, I got think the majority of us are. Yeah, I think we are. I think yeah. all of us, but Connor. Yeah, I got thinking about what games I've been to in the Scott Frost era, and I realized, you know, I've never seen Scott Frost win in person. I've been to nine games during the Scott Frost era. We've not won a single one of those games. And I got thinking, when's the last time I saw the Huskers win in person? And it was hard to find this out. I had to use Snapchat memories. Uh, I had to go through my drawer of tickets, looking at the schedules. And I'm pretty confident that the last time I saw them win was Arkansas State, which was September 2nd of 2017, wow. Mike Riley's last year. <laughs> so on when, when game starts on Saturday... It will be five years and one day since the last time I saw the Huskers win in the flesh. 1,827 days. So Nebraska could snap a streak of five that would be years nice. of me watching them lose in person. That's but pretty how remarkable. remarkable would it be if I go to 10 Nebraska games in a row and they lose all of them? 
that would be remarkable, right? I, I mean, almost right up there with you, Adley. Mine was 2019, but I went to six games last year and they were all losses. So I'm I'm ready to go to wow. a, see a win. Hey, I went I to really Ford- want to see a win. I went to Fordham last year, so I that was the last time I saw him win in person. There it is. I was at the uh, Northwestern game last year. Wow. Oh wow. You saw you see yep. a Big Ten victory. I don't know. The yeah, last I did. time I saw a Big and Ten it, victory, I don't think I could drive. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it was it was one of those games where you know you didn't stay the full length. You went and head back to the tailgate to enjoy the rest of your night. You didn't have anything to worry about. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. My last Big Ten win would have been the 9-6 snow game against Michigan State. Yeah, my, my Nebraska, I think we're going to win. I mean, North Dakota's had one FBS victory in program history. I, I, I mean, I'd I hate to be the second. second. Yeah, I would hate to be the second. Yeah, the, the only reason why I would have concern for this game is the the short week, even though it's not a short week, but with the travel back from Ireland, I mean, maybe, you know, a little slightly concerning, but I'm expecting the officers to go in there and take care of business. North Dakota is not a great FCS team. They went six and five in the FCS last year. You know, I'd like to see the Huskers dominate. Five and six last year, actually. Five and six. Five and six. Losing team in the FCS. Well, do we want to kick off um, the next game well, we want to talk about? Yeah, how about, I mean, it's not on the agenda, but how about, Connor, you want to give us a, a, a an Iowa week one preview? Well, we play uh, South Dakota State. I think it's going to be an easy dub. I think they should Her win. Probably I don't even know what the spread is. I forgot. But, I mean, Iowa probably won't score a ton of points. They'll probably hold them to a low amount and win like 24 to 3 or 31 to 7 or something like that is my prediction. Isn't SDSU like always in the championship game in the FCS? SDSU is one of the better FCS programs. They're a good FCS program. But I don't I think it'll be a problem. Team. You know, Iowa is Midwest's second favorite football team. My second favorite football team. Oh, team. God. We need to get you that jersey, so. Not even closeted an Iowa fan anymore. He just is. I'm I'm just a Midwest football fan. Petrus is going to be a new it. man this year. I think he's still going to have <laughs> down 10 pounds. Feet. He's going to be running all oh, over he's the field. down 10 pounds? Yeah. Dang. Looking at SDSU's record last year, they were 11-4, and four, uh, lost in the semifinals of the SDS championship to Good Montana program. State. Good program. So much, much better than a five and six North Dakota. But I will, I will agree with Connor. I do think Iowa gets the job done this weekend. But yeah, I'm not expecting a huge blowout or anything because that's not what Iowa does. I could see SDSU scoring, you know, two touchdowns or like a touchdown or a field goal, but I don't know if they'll score any more than that because Iowa is a very good defense. Well, yeah, that's gonna that's active streak of games under twenty. Four points, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, that's going to be the biggest challenge for SDSU facing that uh, Iowa defense. Pretty interesting. And going in, you know, going in Iowa City, be a tough place to play sometimes. They'll be ready. I'm not worried. Those FCS schools aren't used to playing in stadiums, you know, as big as Kinnick or Memorial. So it'll be interesting to no. see how they how they handle that. All right. So moving on in the week one preview, I think we can move on to a couple of the marquee matchups this week. I think we can start with, I suppose, Notre Dame and Ohio State top five matchup to start the season. Week one, it's prime time, 630 kickoff in Columbus, Ohio. And the Buckeyes are favored by 17 and a half points. Don't know the exact stat, but man, I don't know that there has been a lot of top five matchups where one of the teams is favored by like 17 at two possessions. I mean, or excuse me, three possessions. That's yeah. uh, that's insane. I think that's encouraged by the fact that North Notre Dame has a new head coach. So I can see that being a factor of why the spread is set so high. And I think Ohio State has a hell of a returning offense. Jackson Smith and Jigba and CJ Stroud. 
and I think they could tear just about any defense apart. Uh, weapons all over. And like how we talked about last week where you're we saying we don't know if Notre Dame's going to be legit. So, I mean, this is their week to prove if they are a you know top five contender. That's, um, that's exactly right. So, I, I don't know. I, I think Ohio State wins, but I'm not sure if they'll cover that 17 and a half. I feel like that's a pretty high number. I actually did I have them covering on my – my notes here, I, I think that they just have so much offensive power that they're just going to keep scoring, and it's just a matter of if Notre Dame can keep up to them or not. And I'm, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say, you know, I don't think Ohio State's going to cover. I think it's going to be a low-scoring grudge match. You know, Notre, Notre Dame's defense has always been pretty stout, uh, so I think we're going to see something along the lines of, you know, a 21-17 kind of score at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, go ahead, Jake. Sorry. So Notre Dame, they've got their new coach. Um, this is first game, or te- not counting the bowl game last season. This is first game, which I looked into. He actually played linebacker at Ohio State in his playing days. So this is a little homecoming um, of sorts for him. Also, after college, played uh, he, he was a linebacker coach at Purdue before going on to Cincinnati and then Notre Dame. This guy has experience in the Big Ten, knows how to play defense in the Big Ten. So I think 17 and a half is pretty high, especially for week one. And yeah, Ohio State's a juggernaut. They've got weapons all over. But if anyone's going to beat them, I think it would be a sneaky North, uh, Notre Dame team week one. Ryan Day, I mean, he's been near perfect since he joined or since he became the head coach. But when he loses, it's to a non-conference opponent. I think he's he's only lost to one Big Ten team ever. I was going to say, Hadley, that's actually a good point to bring up. Uh, since Urban Meyer started uh, coaching Ohio State in 2012, Ohio State has only lost one conference home game. I think they're like 40 and one since 2012 in conference home games, wow. but they're two and three at home in non-conference that's, power five yeah. home games. Oh, that stat goes back further than what I had, but it was, it was Michigan at home last year, right? Is that the only one? No, Michigan. It was 2015 Michigan state at Ohio state. That's right. You, yeah. Okay. I was just looking and Ohio state scored a lot of points last year in every game. And you know who their lowest score was against Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska at 26. Yeah. Dude, our defense was legit last year. We don't need to go on that tangent. But every other game, I, mean, yeah, I don't want to talk about Nebraska in like the 30s, 40s, and 50s. I have a little shout out to Ryan Day. He sits when he pees. Oh, Ryan Day, if Ryan you're listening. Day, um, hey, man, I was a Ryan Day hater because um, I'm used to seeing him without a beard, actually. But um, he's got a beard this season. Um, I think he had one last season. He's a decent looking dude without the with with a beard. Um, my problem is when he doesn't have the beard, then he sits when he pees. But that's just my take on the situation. Some interesting stats here. Ohio State, their offense was number one in the country last year in points per game at 45.7 points per game. Uh, they had 561 yards per game last year. That was number one in the country. Eight yards per play, number one in the country. Five and a half yards per carry. That was number three. Their quarterback rating, C.J. Stroud, was a 182. That was number two in the country. Their offense was as good as it gets in college football last year. They returned 70% of that production. They were they uh, return offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson. Uh, their defense last year was, if anything, a bit of their weakness. They ranked 38th in the country, 23 points per game, but they return almost all that production. They had the number three ranked recruiting class this last offseason, and they hired Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. Uh, their defensive coordinator last year, Kerry Combs, they Again, struggled a lot, but they returned almost all of their production, top 10 in the country. And Jim Knowles at Oklahoma State, his defense, 18 points per game last year. That was ninth in the country. I think him coming on from the Cowboys is going to make for an extremely good Ohio State team this year. I don't think I would make a play on the 17 and a half line, but if I had to choose, I think Ohio State leans toward the cover. They should have a phenomenal team this year. I agree with that. That's what I would say. I wouldn't 
actually bet on it, but if I had yeah. to pick, I would pick that they would cover. Uh, that Rose Bowl last year against Utah was one of the most entertaining football games I've ever watched. Uh, they just kept on scoring. I really think if anybody's gonna gonna stop them, it's it's week one when they're not fully calibrated yet. That's fair. A hot take. I like. It. I mean, so you think you like Notre Dame to to win outright? I like. Or? No, I like Notre Dame to cover. Okay, okay. I don't think I think seventeen and a half is way too big, but to win, if I was putting money line, I would do Ohio State. Yeah, I'll take That's Notre fair. Dame to win outright. If we're taking picks on the marquee matchups for the week, I'll take Notre Dame this week. Ow! Wow! That's... I just think I just think start, first first week of the season for Ohio State, you know, Notre Dame's gonna have a chip on their shoulder and some momentum coming in with a new coach. I think. And they're going to keep it close, and it's going to be a grudge match. I mean, hey, we set the stat. Ohio State since 2012, 40 and one at home against Big Ten opponents, but only two and three against other Power Five non-conference opponents. So that's certainly been their weakness. You know, they got Book the Big it. Ten down, but they don't have the non-conference down. Anything else to say on that, or should we get on to a quick Utah-Florida preview? I really like this matchup, Headley. I know you've been looking forward to this one. I think Utah being favored by only three points is kind of... I know that they're going to play in Florida, and Florida is a tough place to play, but I think Utah should be favored by more than three because after watching them last year and watching you know florida i think utah definitely is going to be just as hot as they were last year i know florida they're always a good team like we said last week it was the first time and i don't know how many years they haven't been ranked in the preseason top 25 um i'm interested to see how well they will play against utah's high power offense and i i don't know i think utah covers easily that's my uh, take on that yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with Isaiah on that one. I think Utah covers uh, with e. I mean, not with ease, but I I would I do think Utah covers. I mean, on the road, it's always gonna be tough against an SEC team. But I mean, I saw Utah hang with Ohio, um, the Ohio State last year when Ohio State was playing their best football, and they're fun to watch, and they can put some points up on the board. Yeah, I I think a lot of people are over- overlooking too. Florida has uh, a first year head coach this year in Billy Napier. It's gonna be interesting to see how how good his squad can be in his first year. I mean, we know. Florida recruits well. They had the 11th ranked recruiting class in the country last year, so talent's not going to be an issue. But you know, and I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a rebuild. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know that three points is is what you know. I, I would give Utah more than three points if it was my choice. Um, you know, going into Florida is going to be the only tough part. It's going to be a really good atmosphere down in Gainesville for that one, 2.30 afternoon kickoff. But I, I would, I like Utah a lot in that one. I don't yeah. really want to preed anything you guys said, but I also agree that Utah is going to cover. I'm going to say that Utah is probably a lock at minus three. Oh, man, you guys are just saying that. That was uh, Utah minus three was maybe going to come up in my uh, weekly predictions. But, you know, maybe it's maybe it's some other people's too. I did not know that Florida has a first-year head coach though i'm looking at it now um coming from the raging cajuns of louisiana we followed the raging cajuns during the covid year we did we followed we were raging cajun fans for the covid year after they um, beat what iowa state they finished 15th in the nation in the ap poll they did start off the season by beating iowa state yeah i i think it's a good hire by florida but with you know first year head coach there's always some transitions i think uh that could be a little bit of an interesting game for florida if i'm not gonna lie i don't know if they pulled if they pulled that one off i'd be very impressed and I, i'd say there's a lot of good things to come from billy napier's tenure in florida but i just think the i don't know and who knows maybe and we need to talk about this maybe the expectations uh preseason expectations get to utah a little bit and that's a lot to live up to yeah uh we can move on to our number or our third game that we're going to preview so 11 oregon versus number three georgia our defending national champs georgia is a 17 point favorite so again another big favorite over a pretty high ranked matchup 
This game's a 2.30 kickoff as well. And I think it's a neutral site game, actually, as well. I think it's in Atlanta, which actually is not neutral site at all. But it's not at Georgia Stadium, I don't think. I'd have to look on that again. This is actually going to be, I know we were going to touch on this in a little bit, but this is actually my underdog of the week. I don't think Oregon will lose by more than 17 points. I think this Isaiah, be... Isaiah, that's not underdog of the week. You think underdog of the week, you think they're going to win. Yeah, it's not just covering. No, I think... I think they do have a chance to beat Georgia. I think 17 points spread is a lot. Granted, they are the defending champion, but I think Oregon, they always show out the first game of the year. They beat Ohio State last year, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did beat Ohio State early in the year. And look how good Ohio State was last year. I think that Oregon can pull this off and win this game. I I think it'll be a very close game, and Oregon wins by a field goal. So I think that I'm actually going to say that that's a bad take. I don't think there's a chance Oregon wins this game. And of all the ranked matchups, this is what I'm least excited for. I don't think it's going to be entertaining. I don't think it's going to be competitive. I think Georgia's just going to take care of business. His Pac-12 team. Just like last season. Interesting little uh, tidbit about this game, too, is Oregon has first-year head coach Dan Lanning, brand-new head coach there. Oregon's head coach, Mario Cristobal, went to Miami. Dan Lanning is their first-year head coach. He, last year and for the last few seasons, has been the defensive coordinator at Georgia. So that's a really interesting little tidbit. I don't know. Is Dan Lanning going to have a little some information on what the, the Georgia offense does? Is, is Kirby Smart going to know how Dan Lanning is going to run his team? Interesting dynamic there. We know that Dan Lanning's defenses at Georgia were phenomenal. Last year, they had the number one, one of the best defenses in college football history. But there was a little pregame presser a couple weeks ago where Kirby Smart, head coach for Georgia, said uh, in a question leading up to this game, said, the last thing I'm worried about is a team coached by Dan Lanning. A little bad beef going on here. That's huge. You know, you can tell that Kirby Smart's definitely confident in his in his Georgia team. And, and I agree with him. I think I think Georgia's going to cover. Uh, Max, you were asking about where that game is at. It's actually going to be at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome okay, in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. There you go. So it, it is a little bit of a neutral feel, but at the same time, it being in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, Georgia fans are probably going to travel very well for that. But I think, I think Georgia covers not by much, but I think, I think they'll, I think they'll easily win. I don't, think that's a ridiculous take by any means. I mean, I don't know. George is just going to, from here on out, they're going to be a, a phenomenal college football team. I think they're going to regress. Obviously, they're going to regress after last year. They, their defense was again, one of the best in the last 20 years in college football. There's a lot of questions for Oregon. Again, first-year head coach, you know, who knows? And he, he was on the Georgia staff last year, like you said, defensive coordinator. There might be a little beef between Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning. Uh, Headley, I know you said you, you were not looking forward to this one. I hope that little story there maybe that, gave it some that juice does for you. A narrative a bit, but just to pile on on why I don't really like Oregon that much is the first four weeks of the year they are wearing four different colors to the point where <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this but Oregon puts out an announcement for the fans on what color to wear by week because they don't know what color their team's going to wear on game day. Team. They're going green, black, yellow, white, and then back to green. And then wear pink on week seven. So there's about six different colors, and their fans are just confused to the point they need an announcement. I uh, I did not know that, Headley. That's that's pretty funny. I know that, you know, they always do a bunch of different colors in their stadium. Yellow outs, green outs, black outs. But, I, I mean, that's if all they got going for. If you guys are interested in what color to wear for Oregon game day, I can send you the ducswire.com i would love to know all right what's our next game there max all right so next we can go to a really interesting non-conference power or 
not power five, power five versus group of five matchup. Number 23, Cincinnati at number 19, Arkansas. This is going to be a home game for the Razorbacks in Fayetteville, Arkansas right now, favored by six. And we know the turnaround as far that Sam Pittman has done at Arkansas. He's turned them back into a contender in the SEC, unbelievably, in just two years. Now moving into his third year, Cincinnati obviously went to the playoff last year, but they lost some pieces. This is a really intriguing matchup. This could, whoever wins this game is getting off to a really good start with their season after having a great season last year both these teams yeah I think it's going to be definitely a challenge for Cincinnati after losing some key pieces Desmond Ritter and then some key guys on defense I think Arkansas at home is going to cover I think actually I think it's a lock that's one of my locks for the week is Arkansas covering that six-point spread Headley you gonna throw in your woo pig suey here you know I, I love uh, Arkansas baseball um, very high on Arkansas baseball this year and the last, truthfully. But um, yeah, I think Ar- I do think Arkansas is going to win the game. Um, I think this game, I'm really looking forward to this. There's a, I, It is week one, but there's a lot. It feels like there's a lot on the line here. Both teams um, are getting a lot of hype. Um, and I getting a win here would be huge, like you said, Max. Cincinnati, I don't know how, I don't know what their team looks like at all this year. I haven't looked. Max, can you go in your... Uh, your magical book and tell me the stat on uh, returning talent. Well, the interesting little tidbit. Let me see if I can find it. So this book, Headley, is a power five book. And as we know, Cincinnati is a group of five. Cincinnati's not in it. Wow. Uh, So they're a mystery of a team. If they're not in the book, who knows what to expect? For that reason, I'm taking Arkansas spread as a lock. I can tell you Arkansas. So Arkansas is returning 65% of their offensive production. That's 66 in the country. So right in the middle. Only 60% of their defensive production. Now, that's 93rd in the country. Typically with college football, you want to return 70 plus percent of your production year over year because you have guys that get older return for a season maybe you know sophomore to junior year so you might think 60 percent is a lot that's 93rd in the country it's not a lot for college football but it's also there's worse so arkansas is losing some production but they can manage i also agree that i think arkansas will cover the spread we saw cincy last year play you know power five schools you know some of those games they played close you know they come out and win by like a touchdown or a field goal you know, their conference, they're really all that's there in that group of five. And I think after, you know, Arkansas last year, they, they did very well. I think Arkansas will cover. I don't know if it'll be an easy cover. You know, maybe they'll win by a touchdown or 10 points. But I think it'll still be a dogfight. And I don't think they'll just run right over Cincy. Yeah. By the way, Hadley, I did find Cincinnati. I didn't find individual offense, defense. But as a team, they're only returning 60% of their production. So both of these, so both Arkansas and Cincinnati return less than 65% of their total production. Pretty similar. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Cincinnati looks like. They were they were really good last year. I mean, I think you made it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with most of you guys that I think Arkansas is going to cover. Uh, Arkansas played some very tough opponents last year. And Cincinnati, looking at their schedule from 2021, they only played two ranked opponents, that being number nine, Notre Dame, which they did win 24 to 13. And then they also beat 21st ranked Houston, 35-20 but then they ended up losing number one, number one ranked Alabama 27 to six in the playoff. Uh, otherwise they're not, they're not playing any big schools. I think this is going to be a good challenge for them to start off their football season, but I do think Arkansas is just a little bit too much for them. Yeah. I, I would, I would lean towards that same, uh, exactly the same things you just said, Devin. I, I think Arkansas might be a little too strong in this game, especially on the offensive and defensive line. They had a grueling schedule last year, uh, toughest in the country. Uh, only, only Nebraska was probably close, but, I, I do like the Razorbacks probably to cover in this game, especially at home in Fayetteville. 
I think we're good with our week one previews there real quick. What's each of your guys' game you're looking forward to most this week? Utah, Florida is the game I'm mostly looking forward to just because I'm really high on Utah this season. Like I predicted, they're going to be one of the contenders in the college football playoffs at the four seed. So I'd, I'd really like to see them come out hot in that first game against Florida. Well, the game I'm most excited for is South Dakota State versus Iowa. Obviously, go Hawks. But in the marquee matchups, I'm also looking forward to Utah and Florida. <laughs> and then also Cincinnati and Arkansas. I think those will be really good games. The other two, are, I just think they're kind of going to be blowouts. But I hope they're close. I got two games that I'm really looking forward to this weekend. The first one being on a Thursday night at 7 o'clock. We're looking at Penn State at the Boilermakers for Purdue. I do like Purdue in that situation. Um, and then I'm also really looking forward to the Notre Dame and Ohio State game. I think that's going to be an, an awesome matchup for both teams. and It's going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah, I'm kind of on that uh, same note, Devin. I except a different Thursday night game. But I do really like this Utah-Florida game. seems like a lot of people are really looking forward to that one. I think Cincinnati-Arkansas is maybe the most intriguing matchup. That's just an odd non-conference game that I think turned out to be really good with with how good the two teams are now. And Notre Dame, Ohio State is huge. I really like Thursday night's West Virginia at Pitt game. That is the backyard brawl. It is one of the most forgotten about, but most hated and, you know, most animosity rivalries that there is uh, West Virginia and Pitt are only separated by like 50 miles in 07 Pitt was three and nine and they upset number two West Virginia to keep them out of the national championship game. Those two schools hate each other. It hasn't been played for like seven or eight years now. Thursday night, college game day is going to be there on a Thursday night. It's sold out Heinz field, which I know it's called something else now. Uh, that's going to be an electric game in Pittsburgh. I'm just so excited for it. I mean, a lot of games this week. Penn State, Purdue, I'm pumped for. We get some Big Ten football on a Thursday. That's a nice treat. But what I'm looking forward to most is that Utah-Florida game. I'm kind of adopting Utah as my team this year as I put some money down on them to win the Pac-12. But also Cincinnati-Arkansas, I would love to watch that. But as you know, I'm going to be in Lincoln watching Nebraska win for the first time in five years. There it is. That's uh, that's what we're hoping for. Obviously, super looking forward to that Nebraska-North Dakota game as usual. Let's do it. So we got all those out of the way. Funny stat of the week here, guys. Week one ticket prices. The lowest ticket price if you want to go to a college football this weekend. Buffalo at Maryland. Tickets on sale online right now for $2. Wow. Most expensive game is Notre time. Dame at Ohio State. Cheapest ticket right now, top row, $260. So. Wow. Buffalo at Maryland is $2. Two bucks if you want to go see a college football game. Is that for a nosebleed? Wow. Come on, Maryland. That's the cheapest ticket, man. Also, sneaky game here. North Carolina at Appalachian State. Cheapest ticket, $182 at App State. There's not a lot of times a Power 5. Yeah, hey, there's not a lot of times a Power 5 school goes to a group of 5 school. It's really rare. Obviously, Cincinnati's going to Arkansas this weekend. I don't know that Arkansas would go to Cincinnati. It just doesn't happen. So North North Carolina's going to App State. Their small stadium, probably about 30,000 to be sold out. That's going to be a new one. All right, let's move on to real quick here. Locks of the weeks. I'll start with mine. Pretty simple. I'm picking Utah to cover three points of Florida. I don't know if any of you guys have this one. You might, but I really like Utah to cover three. I think if you're a good team this year, Florida, a lot of question marks. It's my lock of the week. I agree with you, Max. I think that's a lock. I have two. My first one, I already said it was Arkansas. I think they're going to cover the six points. And I also think that Utah is a lock as well. Yeah, I like those. Uh, I'm not... At my week of betting last week, I don't know if locks exist, um, but if I had to take a game, it would be Utah. 
to cover. That's really all I got, but my confidence sure is shot after that last week of betting. You know, and I, th- I think the obvious choice here for everybody is Utah to cover with the spread just being at minus three. I do like Georgia covering at 17. I do think they are going to cover that pretty easily. That's a good take. Uh, Isaiah thinking that Oregon is going to win that game is just complete. That's ridiculous. Speaking of that, Headley, I think Isaiah mentioned this as his underdog of the week. So let's go there real quick. Underdog? Again, <laughs> oh, my God. We Hey, this is a fun little segment. Just throw out any teams you want to each week that you think might have that small chance of pulling off one of those classic and beloved college football upsets. Headley, I'm going to break your heart here. Do I actually think it's going to happen? I don't know. But I'm going Central Michigan. Thursday night at 6 p.m. to beat Come Oklahoma on, State. To beat oh, Oklahoma oh, State. Take, Central really Michigan is 21-point dogs. That's a bad and, take. Hey, listen to this real quick. The, the, hey, the, the Chippewas, okay, Central Michigan Chippewas went into Oklahoma State. It was 2016 or 2017, and they beat them in Stillwater off a last-second Hail Mary, and I think they're going to repeat the result. Central Michigan's a good program. They've done it once. They can do it again. Mike Gundy's hungry. He won't let that happen. What do you guys got? I already said Um, mine, so I I don't need to say it again. I have Notre Dame as my underdog of the week. I think first-year head coach, he knows what the Big Ten's like. He's experienced there. He's a homecoming in Ohio State. I'm excited for the game. I wouldn't bet on this, but I do think that they have a chance. I I do think they have a chance for week one. I don't think Ohio State's going to be fully calibrated. I like that. I Disclaimer, I, I definitely would not put any money on mine at all, but uh, yeah, I, think okay. it's, yeah. I think there's a well, – what that's what this segment isn't supposed to be. That's Let's bet the house on this. Yeah, yeah, just a fun little, hey, does this team have a chance? I think so. What do you guys got, Connor, Devin? Yeah, I don't really think any of those – I don't really know any of those teams with the huge spreads are going to win, but I got Purdue, even though they're not huge dogs. I think that they are going to win against Penn State on Thursday. I was thinking about that for my underdog as well. I like hey. that. They're only three point dogs, though. We gotta. We're talking. That's barely even a dog. We gotta go. We're ten points or bigger. Hey, well, all the other games that were smaller spreads, I already picked the them covering. And I don't think Notre Dame or Oregon is. Gonna what do you, who do you think has the most likely chance, though, Connor? Out of I mean, just any, anything with anything you see with a big spread on there. Notre Dame. My lock is Miami of Ohio over Kentucky this week. I think that's underdog. I think they're gonna get it done. I like that. That's a that's a good underdog pick it, right there. Isaiah, you want to do a little fr- friendly wager here? So Oregon is a 17-point dog. <laughs> Notre Dame is also a 17-point dog. If Notre Dame loses by less points than Oregon, you owe me five bucks. And um, Oregon loses by less points than Notre Dame, I'll give you five bucks. You like that? I'll shake on that. Sounds good. Honestly, that's a fun I little just... uh, side bet there. Which 17-point underdog will uh, be we'll better? Lose by less, yeah. I, like I just that. think that Oregon take is awful. I mean, I could be eating my words next week, but I mean, we all ate our words with Nebraska, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. Isaiah had the best take last week. Smothers plan, so yeah, yeah. Might be honest on. All right, fellas, let's get into our weekly predictions. First game, we'll go in an order and we'll stick to it. So remember who you go after. Let's start Thursday night. A couple of good games for Week One action on Thursday night. Let's start with West Virginia at Pitt. Pitt's favored by seven and a half. I like Pitt to win this game. I also like Pitt. I think they cover seven and a half. Uh, I, I like also. Pitt as well. I don't think it's going to be easy. I mean, they just lost their OC and they uh, lose their quarterback, but they have some talented wide receiver. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I have Pitt as well. I am also going to take Pitt, but I don't think they cover. I think it's going to come down to a last-second field goal if they're going to win it. I completely agree, Devin. I like Pitt. Not to cover, but I do like Pitt to win the game. Next, Penn State at Purdue. This one uh, 
Really close spread, according to Vegas. A really tough one to pick, I'm not going to lie. But I'm going to go with Purdue at home. I think they get it done on Thursday Night Football. I agree with you, Max. And I also think they will cover three and a half point spread. I like Purdue as well. I, I For this one, I just, whoever was home team, I'm taking, so... I already said earlier, I have Purdue too. I'm also taking Purdue. You know, oh, wow. I know Penn. Wow. I know Penn State's not ranked right now, but Purdue always pulls off some kind of big upset this year, and I think that's just what they're known for. And I think they're going to get it done on Thursday night. All right, that was a clean sweep there. Yeah, for the for underdog. The underdog. All right, the underdog of the week, Max. Yes, we sir. A- well, but that's only three and a half points. That's not really an underdog. It is actually. Hey. All right. Saturday's slate, number 13, North Carolina State at East Carolina. This is another one of those rare games. Power five school ranked big time going into a group of five school. That game sold out for East Carolina. It's going to be a rocking atmosphere, but I don't think it's going to be enough to beat NC State. I got the Wolfpack winning. I also have the Wolfpack winning uh, with that 11 and a half point spread. I don't know if they cover because I know East Carolina, they've had some good teams in the past. I I don't think I would bet on the spread. I'd probably just bet on the money line there, but I think it'll be a good game. You know, those Carolina schools always show out. Yeah, I agree. I like NC State. It's at it is at East Carolina and East Carolina. We just saw host a regional this spring for baseball and it was rocking. It was yeah, the best atmosphere of any regional. So I bet that that stadium is going to be going crazy. I have NC State winning that as well. I don't think that they're going to have any trouble either. I also have NC State and I think they're covering pretty easily. Uh, they just continue to impress the world year in and year out. And that's why they're ranked 13 going into this week. Yep, a lot of returning production there, too. All right, next one, South Dakota State, FCS school going into Iowa City. Connor, we'll pick this one just for you. As tempting as it is to pick the Jackrabbits, I think Iowa is going to be a little too much. Uh, I like the Hawkeyes to win that. There's not much to say here. It's going to be Iowa winning that game. I agree. I'm all Iowa. Got to represent the Midwest. No <laughs> doubt in my mind, Iowa is getting the job done on Saturday. Hey, Hadley, both teams are out of the Midwest, by the way. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my, uh, my uh, second favorite team from the Midwest, sorry. They, uh, they're the Midwest shot to win the to win the Big Ten, man. The Big Ten is all Midwest. And, rep- and represent us. In- all right, you're done. You're done. I'm take that day. And I am, I'm going to agree with all of you guys again. I'm taking Iowa. I do think it's going to be a fairly close game because, you know, Iowa is not known to score a lot of points. Uh, so I think we're going to see something like 24-17 final score Iowa winning in Iowa City. All right. Next, we have number 11, Oregon, number three, Georgia in Atlanta. Georgia favored by 17. I think the Bulldogs are going to win big. I think it's going to be around that 17-point spread. You guys already know this is my underdog of the week. I am taking the Ducks in this game. Shout out to Schwer for his Ducks. Yeah, I'm taking Georgia. That's all I got to say. Yep, me too. Georgia Bulldogs. I am also taking Georgia to cover easily very nice isaiah the only one going a different way there next cincinnati at arkansas super intriguing non-conference matchup gonna be a good atmosphere in fayetteville i like arkansas to win this game i like arkansas as well and like i said before i think they'll probably cover the spread for that game i also have arkansas and i think they win it in an absolute dogfight Things gonna be fun. I also have Arkansas lock of the week. I'm also taking Arkansas. I think Cincinnati's just lost too much talent. Good stuff there. Next we have Utah and Florida. Utah small favorites going into Gainesville. This seems to be the Power Six consensus uh, game of the week that we're all looking forward to. I think it's gonna be awesome. Super intriguing matchup. I got Utah winning and covering. I have Utah winning and covering easily. Yeah, I got Utah. I also have Utah. I also have Utah. I think it's going to be, I think Utah is going to win this game by a big margin. All right. Next, a uh, little quirk here in the picks. Utah State 
coming off a 11-point Week 0 win to UConn, travels to Tuscaloosa. Alabama's favored by 41.5. Do we think Utah State covers, or do we think Alabama covers? I like Alabama to cover the 41.5. I'm not sure they give up any points. So, obviously, I'm going to take Alabama winning this game, but I feel like 41.5-point spread is a bit steep. Uh, especially for week one, and Utah State has a game under the belt. So I'm going to take Utah State covering the 41.5-point spread. I have Alabama to cover. For the same reason as Max, I just don't know if Utah State's going to score the football. Yeah, I also have Alabama covering. Utah State kind of struggled against UConn last week. So I don't I don't know if they're going to score it also. Probably going to be like 50 to zero or something. I'm also taking Alabama to cover. We have star defensive linebacker returning and Will Anderson Jr. He's one of the, he's the only defensive player right now in the Heisman running preseason odds. Uh, I'm looking forward to see him lead that defense back to another national championship this year. Good stuff. Isaiah, I respect the Utah State cover. We'll see. Could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Next, the, well, it's probably overall college ball game of the week. It's where college game day is going to Columbus, Ohio, a top five matchup. I like Ohio State winning this one and potentially really big too. I have Ohio State winning this game, but I'm not, I don't think they'll cover. I think it'll, it won't be, I, it could still be a two score game, but I don't think they'll make it a three score game and they won't cover the 17 and a half spread. Yeah, I have, uh, I, you know, Notre Dame was my uh, underdog of the week, but by no means would I put money on that. If I had to, if I had to put money on it, I'd put Ohio State money line. Yep, I also got Ohio State. I am taking Notre Dame money line in Columbus this weekend. I think they get it done. Dang, Devin coming with the bold pick there. That'd be big, that'd be big time. If Notre Dame pulls off that win for you, Devin. Is that the, uh, that's like the hot take of the week, isn't it? Well, and you saying Oregon's going to win. I mean, those two are about even, according to Vegas. Yeah, they're pretty close. I think Notre Dame's got a better shot than Oregon does. I I would agree with that too, actually. But I don't know. I think both those are going to win big. Next, we will do Boise State at Oregon State. Non-conference matchup kind of flying under the radar. This one's late night, 9.30 central kickoff. I was really close to choosing this as my lock of the week, but I think there's a little too much uncertainty there. I like Oregon State to win this game. I really wish this game was at Boise State because I love their field. I have a lot of hatred for Oregon State just because of Mike Riley. So I am picking Boise State to win this game. Yeah, I pretty much know nothing about this game. I'm going to take Oregon State um, because I'm going to take Max's word for it, honestly. But um, can we do a bad can we do a bad take tally for uh, liking the blue field? It's it's different, you know. When I was a kid, I used to love the blue field, but not a fan. I've always I've always had a hatred of the blue field. All right. Anyways. I don't really know anything about these teams either. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Isaiah's pick here and say Boise State. I am also gonna go Boise State. What Boise State was able to produce last year going into this uh, this season, I think they're still gonna be able to get it done. Nice, good stuff there. Uh, next, North Dakota, Nebraska, Saturday night or not Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, two thirty game. I like the Huskers to win this one. I have the Huskers winning this game, and I think we need to win by a good enough margin to make a statement after the embarrassment of last week. Yeah, do I got wanna, Nebraska. Do we want to do so score predictions? Yeah, we can go score prediction real quick. I like yeah, the Huskers winning this one 45 to, I don't really thinking. I'll go 45-17. I was thinking along those lines. I'm thinking 42 to 14 Nebraska coming out on top. I'm taking Nebraska to allow me to see their, their first victory in five years in the flesh. I can't wait. 38 21, I'll say. Yeah, I think Nebraska is going to win this game. They better, or else that'd be pretty embarrassing. Score, let's go 35 to 10. I am also taking Nebraska this week. I do think the defense is going to struggle, so we will see North Dakota put up a few points. I'm going to go 56-24, Nebraska on top. All right, next we have a 
interesting little week one Sunday night action, Florida State versus LSU. This one's in New Orleans at what used to be the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, now the Caesars Superdome. So going to be a big, it's a neutral site game technically, going to be a big home crowd for LSU. Florida State, we saw beat up on Duquesne in week zero. Nonetheless, I like LSU. I think it could be a really close game though. I also like LSU for this game. I think they will cover the three-point spread. I like LSU as well. Um, got a new coach this year who's had some success at other schools. So I think they'll take care of business pretty easy. I'm going to go the opposite route here and take Florida State. They look, they look pretty good from what we watched week one or week zero, sorry. I'm actually going to agree with Connor here, and I'm taking Florida State over LSU in Louisiana. There you go. Interesting takes there. Like you said, Headley, is. Good to note, Brian Kelly's first game at LSU. We'll see how his tenure starts off down there in Baton Rouge. Monday night game, Labor Day, number four, Clemson versus Georgia Tech. This is neutral site in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I like Clemson here. It'd be cool to see an upset. I think Clemson's a little overrated, but I don't think Georgia Tech is good enough. I like the Tigers. I agree. Um, I do think Clemson's overrated, but I don't think Georgia Tech, you know, eight in the ACC, Clemson's been the big dog for how many ever years now, and I just I don't think any of the ACC opponents can keep up with them. So I'm I'm taking Clemson to cover the spread of 21 and a half points. Yeah, I got Clemson. I think they'll take care of business pretty easy. Yeah, but I also got Clemson. I don't think they should have any problem. The best part about Clemson season last year was their defense. They had a pretty stout defense. Uh, I'm taking them to win. I don't think they're going to cover just because I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game. Nice, nice. That concludes our picks for week one. Uh, It's a pretty unbelievable slate. Tons of really good games on there. Some sneaky good games. Like I said, NC State, East Carolina. We didn't pick it, but North Carolina, App State. Tons of good games. Any final takes, guys? I am a little curious to see South Dakota play Kansas State and see how Adrian Martinez does. Going to be interesting. I will say that. I'm excited. I think they're going to be good. I have that as one of the underdogs. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Well, there's not even a spread out for that game. So that's how big your favorites kansas state is that'd be that'd be something i mean uh usd is also an fcs school so they don't they should win that is yeah that is correct all right everyone that's uh that's everything we have for this week's edition of the power six podcast thanks for listening remember to follow us on instagram and twitter at the power six podcast also on our instagram you can join our discord server uh leave comments on our post we love hearing what you guys have to say i know in our discord people are active commenting on you know our takes and whatnot and we really enjoyed that. This week, we're going to try to get our podcast out on more platforms. I know last week we were just on Spotify. Uh, we're going to try to get out on Apple Podcasts this week. And then once again, guys, thank you for listening. Have a safe Labor Day weekend. And as always, go Big Red, baby. Adidas!